It seems like 5G is nowhere, and yet it is everywhere. This new revolutionary technology is available in very few cities in the world, and yet it is constantly mentioned in the press and political circus. We at the Brazilian Reporter Guilty too, having done extensive coverage on the regulatory hurdles of implementing 5G in Brazil. This week, we talk about the state of 5G in Brazil and the geopolitical implications of this new technology for the country. The super-fast internet connection may put Brazil right in the middle of a battle between its two biggest trading partners, the US and China. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro, I'm the editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report. This is Explaining Brazil. The first generation of cell phone technology allowed us to make wireless phone calls. 2D brought text messages. 3G delivered the possibility of browsing the web on cell phones. 4G made wireless video streaming a reality, and its constant connection to GPS satellites enabled the rise of companies such as Uber. So, what does 5G bring to the table? Ewan Marshall, hello. Hi, Gustavo. So, we all have a basic idea of what 5G is, essentially a faster version of 4G, but few people can explain it in detail. Can you? Well, I've been speaking to some experts on the subject, and it seems that it's much more than just a step up from 4G. I spoke to João Rezende this week, who's a manager at a consultancy called Mazars, and he told me that 5G will be an upgrade in internet speed like we've never seen before, like with data being delivered some 100 times faster than previously. So that means like no lag, and it will also enable the so-called Internet of Things, which is where everything in our homes will be connected to the internet, from you know washing machines and refrigerators, even to like self-driving cars. Of course, the implications will go much further than just connected fridges. Yeah, definitely, because the real importance of 5G lies in the way that it's set to revolutionize telecoms and industry because it's going to make it possible to gather and analyze data across different machines, and we'll be able to have more efficient processes and produce higher quality goods at lower costs, which you know could be a complete revolution to our entire productive sector. A report from the US Senate Republican Committee said that the country that leads the world in the adoption of 5G technology will have a distinct technological, economic and national security advantage over other countries. So that's why superpowers are racing each other for 5G. Yeah, and while some cities in the US, Europe and Asia have already announced the launch of 5G, it's safe to say that we're only scratching the surface here. No, and the race is so heated up that US Attorney General William Barr even suggested that the US government should consider buying Ericsson and Nokia, two European giants that are competing with China's Huawei for 5G prevalence. Yeah, exactly. And where does Brazil stand in this race for 5G? Well, in the city of Florianópolis, which is in the south of Brazil, they've begun some trials on 5G, but there's still no precise date for the technology to actually arrive in Brazil. An auction of 5G frequencies was originally set to be held in March, but has now been postponed to later this year. But, you know, it's safe to assume that we won't be seeing 5G in any Brazilian cities until around 2021. And what has been done so far? 
Well, there have been a few regulatory advances. Uh, the first is that the Science and Technology Ministry has published its rules for new radio frequency auctions. It forces telecom companies to provide fast broadband connections to regions with 600 residents or more. And many of these places either have slow networks or no connections whatsoever. So pretty much the government is balancing. We'll give you the ultra-profitable 5G, and in exchange you have to give internet connections, like well-functioning internet connections to uh, more isolated areas. Exactly. And also the telecoms watchdog, Anatel, has approved a public bidding process for 5G, and now civil society groups will have 45 days to kind of consult this proposal and suggest even further changes. And why such a delay? Well, there are still quite a few knots left to untie. The first concerns infrastructure, because the Union of Telecom Companies says that the legislation for building antennas is too arcane, and there are requests for installing 4,000 antennas which are still just waiting for approval. And also, each municipality has its own legislation, and 5G technology would end up increasing the number of antennas in Brazil by 400%. Wow. Yeah, and another point concerns the most used frequency for 5G, which is the 3.5 gigahertz band. And that frequency is the same one that is used by roughly 22 million satellite dishes, which are installed in Brazilian people's homes. So, you know, if there's going to be some interference, a lot of people are going to be annoyed. Yeah, no, I imagine missing your favorite soap opera because your neighbor is trying to send a tweet from his fridge. <laughs> exactly. And another important issue has to do with the auction itself. Because telecom companies say the government should not be aiming to make money from the auction, but rather they should let companies pay smaller premiums in exchange for increasing their investment commitments. So there are many issues to explain these delays, but my question is, if 5G is so pivotal, isn't Brazil losing money by not implementing it as soon as possible? Yeah, it would seem that way because a study by Swedish company Ericsson is suggesting that Brazil will lose 20 billion reais in tax revenue until 2025 if there are further delays. It's not like Ericsson doesn't have a horse in this race, right? Yeah, that's true. Well, reporter Beatriz Farroja had written for the Brazilian report about 5G before, and she spoke to a number of experts. Most of them agree that Brazil should take as much time as it needs to define the terms of the bidding process. Actually, as a matter of fact, delaying the process would allow Brazil to see what the world is doing right and wrong and then make better decisions. After the break, we discuss how the race for 5G is squeezing Brazil between the world's top two superpowers. We'll be right back. Hi, I am Paulo Sotero, director of the Brazil Institute at the Wilson Center, a renowned think tank based in Washington and a partner of the Brazilian Report. The Brazilian Report is a valuable partner of the Brazil Institute. The report's content, shared in our website, is well-researched, comprehensive and clearly presented. It deals with complex problems of public policy that challenges Brazil to add quality to its economy and society. The 
5G pattern for internet is one of the key technologies for the next wave of technological innovation, economic growth and development. Mauricio Santoro is a political scientist and an international relations professor at the State University in Rio de Janeiro. Uh, it's going to change many things. It's not just a faster way to get access to the internet. It's, it's so fast that it's going to enable many possibilities. For example, self-driving vehicles, uh, military applications. So it's really something important for the fourth technological revolution, the fourth industrial revolution. And it's uh, because of that that China and the United States are fighting in such a harsh way to see who is going to control, especially in developing countries, in, in other countries that not China and the United States, who is going to control these markets. But the U.S. is not leading this race, right? Because, as we mentioned earlier, the U.S. Attorney General wanted the country to go as far as purchasing a stake in European companies which are seen as frontrunners. The Americans are far behind the race for 5G. They failed to develop key companies to create this technology, and they have many other obstacles in order to reach the level that China has today. And of course, that in China, Huawei is a national champion, so it has very strong links with the Chinese state. And the option that the Americans have besides Huawei uh, are the European companies especially the Scandinavian ones, such as Nokia and Ericsson. And so when we are discussing this fight between China and the United States, it's not that we have American companies that are going to replace Huawei. It's basically the American government trying to prevent Huawei to reach foreign markets. The main strategy by the White House is blocking government contractors from using Huawei equipment. The U.S. claims the Chinese have backdoors that allow them to spy on whatever data is being exchanged. It hasn't been proved so far, but it doesn't seem too far-fetched to believe that a government with a stake in a telecom giant might use that power for intelligence purposes. I don't think that the Americans are wrong when they say that there is a high risk of spionage through Huawei products. But we must also remember that the same thing happened with American companies, and uh, much of the Snowden revelations were about that, how we would have this huge collusion between the American giant telecommunication companies and the American government, even bypassing the American laws. So it happens all the time. But uh, what the European governments especially are doing is that sometimes they are imposing restrictions to Huawei, but they are allowing Huawei to enter the countries and to, to implement 5G technologies. And the United Kingdom is a perfect example to that. So usually this pressure that the American government is putting on its allies, it's not, not really working very well, especially because of the lack of alternatives to Chinese technology. You mentioned the revelations by whistleblower Edward Snowden in 2013. Just for context's sake, uh, Snowden revealed that the U.S. National Security Agency spied on millions of citizens and companies, including Brazilian ones, and even our president at the time. 
Yeah, at the time, he shook Brazil-U.S. relations, but the scandal quickly dissipated here. But, Professor, you explained the scuffles between the U.S. and China around 5G, and where does that place Brazil on the geopolitical chessboard? Because banning Huawei could spark a crisis in our relationship with China, which is our number one trading partner, but not imposing any restrictions could tick off the White House. And the U.S. is, of course, our second biggest trading partner. Huawei is the biggest provider of telecommunication equipment to the Brazilian state. So it's very hard for the Brazilian government to say no to Huawei, even though President Bolsonaro is pursuing a special relationship with Trump with the United States. But so far, they are not imposing any type of restrictions on Huawei. So the American government is trying to change that and it's putting pressure. Both China and the United States are putting lots of pressure upon Brazilian politicians. For example, one of the sons of the president, Flávio Bolsonaro, the senator, visited Huawei in China a few months ago when he went to the country. And the same with Mourão. I mean, they are, they are having this dialogue with him. So you can see that sometimes the government pans to one side and sometimes to other. But it also shows how difficult it is for Brazil to be in the middle of the crossfire between these two giants. It seems that 5G is the instrument for superpowers to exert their influence on developing nations, but Brazil was Latin America's top economy and having a population of 210 million people with 420 million connected devices Well, we must be a market that is extremely interesting to these major powers. So Brazil might see itself being courted by both. Uh, could it use these disagreements between the two of them, U.S. and China, to try to get something out of them? Brazil could use this as an opportunity to extract the most from each relationship. Brazil did something like that in the 1930s with Getúlio Vargas, But Bolsonaro doesn't have uh, his pragmatism, his ability to exploit these many opportunities in the global scenario. And the decision of the Brazilian administration to go after this huge uh, relationship with the United States, paying any price that Trump is imposing to that, uh, creates lots of problems with the relationship with China. So it's going to be a huge fight inside the Brazilian administration because we also have many important pressure groups that, because of economic reasons, want to have a close relationship with China. And thinking about the agribusiness sector, about mining companies, about the energy sector, oil and gas, and so on. So, so far, if you look to the first year of Bolsonaro administration, it has been quite pragmatic concerning China. But Brazil is losing opportunities because of the lack of will, the lack of political will to exploit the possibilities of the international scenario right now. You mentioned that Brazil used its strategic position for war in the Atlantic during World War II. For those who don't know the history of that, can you expand, please? Uh, in the 1930s and then in the Second World War, Brazil was part of a, a group of countries that was receiving lots of offers from Nazi Germany, uh, especially in terms of trade. 
Germany made easier for Brazil to trade with Germany at the time. And Vargas went after that. But then when the Second World War started, it started to gravitate towards the United States. And after Pearl Harbor, it joined the, the ally camp. But even so, it was not an unconditional alliance. Brazil extracted the most from its geopolitical importance at the time. And in exchange for how materials from the installation of military base, American military base in the Northeast, Brazil gained the support of the United States to the industrialization of the country, to install uh, big steel mills. So it was a very important moment in the history of Brazilian economic development. And with, with all the problems that Vargas had as a president, he was very pragmatic in terms of foreign policy. And he knew how to exploit uh, the many opportunities that the war and the crisis presented to Brazil. Mauricio, the problem for me in this 5D discussion is that throughout this episode, we only talked about how Brazil will deal with foreign technology, but we never mentioned homegrown technology. Uh, how far are we from having a more structured scientific policy that would allow us to change our status and not only go after foreign money? Well, sadly, I think that we are going to face many years of trouble in the scientific and educational area in Brazil. It's very hard, what's very difficult to see what's happening now in the country. But uh, I think that now the universities, the scientists, we all must get together and try to present some alternative to Congress, for example, because I believe that Congress could be uh, very important in balancing uh, the attacks that we're suffering from the federal government. This podcast was written and produced by me, Gustavo Ribeiro. Sound engineering is also by yours truly. Ewan Marshall edits the final script. If you like this podcast, rate us on whatever platform you may be listening to Explain in Brazil. It is really important for us because it helps other people to find about our show. But the best way to support Explain in Brazil is to subscribe to The Brazilian Report, the journalistic company behind this podcast. Every day we have new content about Brazilian politics, finance, society. We also got exclusive newsletter services if you want to be briefed about what's going on in Brazil before starting your day. Subscribe now for a free trial and take a look at our content for seven days. It's really free. You don't have to submit any credit card information whatsoever. Just go to brazilian.report slash subscribe. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle is at Brazilian Report. That's all for now. See you next week.